Welcome back to another episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock-directed thriller, North by Northwest. One minute of screen time per episode. We are the hosts of The Real Jaws Minute. I'm Jeremy Sternhagen. I'm Tyson Ferris. I'm Mark Ferris. Thanks for joining us, Mark. You are Tyson's dad, and you are our guest, and we are glad to have you. Yeah, and uh, this is uh, Minute 29. Uh, Minute 29 starts with The Price of Mother, and it ends with Roger finding a picture. All right. I would like to talk about bribing mothers. Yes. Let's do that. (laughs) Yes. She Uh, says that there is no amount of money that she can be bought, and then immediately gets bought by a very specific amount of money. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is only one increment away from the previous amount of money. Yeah, I well, think, it I think it's 10 to, 10 to 50. <laughs> yeah, it's $10 and then $50. But yeah. The thing that I find interesting about it is what was $50? Well, first, what was $10? $10 was the equivalent of... Uh, around over $80 now. Wow. It was uh, uh, eight, it was something like 8.64, something I'm close mm-hmm. in that uh, uh, it, exchange rate or whatever, you know, overtime inflation rate. So when he got 10, he's bribing her for our just sensibilities, 80 bucks. And I'm going, I don't know if 80 is enough <laughs> as a parent. But then when he goes to 50, and my calculations is that's over $434. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> now, there's a whole bunch of stuff I would do for $434. <laughs> and uh, Is talking a hotel clerk out of a key, I, one of them? Absolutely, because yeah. the first thing I'd go is, can I, will I go to jail? No, I'm not going to jail. And I'm this wonderful lady who plays bridge and uh, uh, Curry Grant's my son. And, and so what is he going to do to me? So, but, but it, it's, it's. 434 bucks Man. is way different than 80. Yeah, and, way different. I'm a cheap date. I do a lot of stuff for 40 bucks could buy in 1959, <laughs> 50. And Cary Grant appears to have way more than that. Way more than that. He's used to carrying it and he's got denominations. He can tip guys a what? couple of bucks. He but yeah. he also's got 50s in there. Yeah. To bribe mom. Well, he's so. like a Manhattan, a Madison Avenue ad exec, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's, he's Madman. I think he is. Yeah, he's Madman. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I think he's, he's doing John Ham. Yeah, I think he's doing okay. <laughs> Which explains why he's such a smooth talker and. Well, and his penchant for drinking, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has several uh, bartenders and ex-wives to support. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. One of the best lines. Well, I, I think I think earlier in the film he talks about how mother's a bloodhound. You know, she can smell two martinis on him yeah. in a heartbeat. Um, yeah, which um, I say. So what if she can? Yeah, he's not and even I trying think, to hide. And it. I, knowing what we know of his mother, you know, she's that's just her gambling money. 
that's her bridge oh, money or whatever. Yeah. yeah, you know, so it's like, this is no big deal to take this from my son yeah. to get a key because I'm, I've am i got uses for it. Yeah, I wonder it's if she's... she has to go buy food. But I, I, just, I just love how she instantly flips. Yes. It's very funny. Yes. Yeah. I wonder if they come from money, if she has her own old money, or if her lifestyle is funded by him. I get the latter. Yeah. I think he takes care of mom. Yeah. And, uh, but in a, I think he does love her, but they have this, this give and take. And she, you know, obviously there's no grandkids. He's gone <laughs> through a couple of wives. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, but she, she also, he lets her do, I don't think he has controls on her. Mm-hmm. But uh, does give her a bad time, <laughs> and so uh, I think if uh, he's he's got a little bit of the uh, 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 Jeff Goldblum Jurassic Park. You know, I'm always looking for the next ex Mrs. Thornhill, no. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's why he has license to say things to her like "shut up." Because he know, like he is her sugar he, daddy. Yeah, he, he's like, got her. He's she's bankrolled by him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I I feel like the and I don't know what you guys think, but uh, I think we might dissolve over uh, to the next scene over a scene I'd really like to see. Her going to her getting. Don't you think that would be fun? It'd be fantastic. It would be fun, but it would. It definitely does drive unnecessary. It's certainly unnecessary, but I really want to see it. Like, I feel like it would be really great. And I can't find any evidence that anything like that was filmed. Probably not. Well, it's one of the best, I don't know if trope is the right word, but it's one of the best movie, it's film language to resolve a scene by showing it happen. You know, I think we talked about it a lot in Jaws when, you know, I think the building the shark cage, do you got any better suggestions? And then the next shot is the shark cage is being built. I mean, this is, you could probably make well, a and then thousand movie list of movies that do this. Well, cut. the one, the one we most uh, recently saw, uh, it, it's just ec- economical storytelling is what it is. Yeah. It's like, we need to do this thing. Cut to, we've already done the thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what well, I mean? And the, and the, if it's done right, the audience fills, we fill in, in the gap. The, we, right. the audience will automatically fill in, What's hundred percent? We just uh, we just uh, on our podcast we talked about uh, Piranha, mm-hmm. and there's a scene in there uh, towards the beginning of the film. He's like, you know, the the two main characters. She's like, you need to come help me do this, and he's like, there's no way in hell I'm yeah, gonna like hell do I will. like hell I will. And then and it, cut to they're both in a car. <laughs> traveling down the road and he's begrudgingly sitting there just yes. bouncing along and you just go, it just skips over the entire argument of them uh, uh, trying to get into the car and going down the road. Right. But And Tyson and I have covered this probably a hundred times, but I'm going to do it again. Uh, so many movies are guilty of doing that. What you like the scene you want to see. So many movies are guilty of, of doing too much of, of that. Of doing too much of it. Yeah. Or just even doing shoe leather scenes. Sure. Uh, Tyson and I have talked about how we've fan edited some James Bond movies where if you edit out scenes of James Bond just walking like into a hotel, like the, you cut 30 minutes out of every James Bond movie. It's like nothing's <laughs> happening. Especially the early ones. Because, well, yeah, back in those days. And this movie, I think, does a really great job of it. 
is so many movies back in this era are like travel logs. You're showing this world to an audience that's never going to see nope. Manhattan. You're absolutely right. So, like, you just let them soak in these. But lavish... to the same point, we do have some shoe leather specifically in these minutes. I mean, it's yes. them walking out of a building, getting into a car, car yeah. leaves, and we have them in a taxi cab, getting out of taxi cab, well, walking you into and a I lobby. We talked about this last you know. week how, like, okay, if you're going to. Uh, and it doesn't take up a lot of screen time, right. but. If you're going to shorten this up and kill a bunch of golden dialogue in the process, you know, all these scenes serve to do is make us love Mother and love Cary Grant more. Absolutely. But it's not necessarily moving the plot forward. If you want to tighten up this whole scene real quick, you do it real simply. You have a scene of them in the car explaining what they're going to do when they get to the hotel. And then you cut to them in the hotel. Yeah. Like in the room. You don't need the lobby. You don't need Mm -hmm. the bribery but those scenes are what make this movie and you gotta have to just kind of settle into the fact that yeah this is a two hour and 15 minute movie yeah enjoy it while it lasts well and honestly these clip along at a good pace anyway so yeah i I don't have a lot of problem with it yeah the older i get the harder like if i look at a movie and go oh yeah i really want to see that movie how long is it oh it's two and a half hours there's nothing wrong with a two and a half hour movie, but I know that it just became a little bit less likely that I'm gonna watch that it. I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> Not ever, but like, hey, let's watch a movie tonight, honey. Which movie do you want? The ninety minute one or the two and a half hour one? Yeah. It's like, well It doesn't matter which one is allegedly better or anything like that. It's just like, uh, ninety minute one. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. But, but let me I I'll make a I don't know if it's a social comment or whatever, but uh, I, I do a little bit of acting, and uh, it's interesting. Plays from the, and I don't know if this is a, a generality, but plays from like the 1930s, it was not unusual for them to be over two hours, yeah. two hours and 15, two hours, two and a half hours. And it was not a big deal because it was a, a whole evening event. It was a night out. And there was no TV. And yes, there was radio, but so when you're you're in a play, they're super conscious of time. How mm-hmm. long can we get? I was just in South Pacific. Can we get it? Can we get it around two hours? <laughs> yeah, you know, with making sure that we move the the play along and all that. Well, and why and, why and why are you shooting for two hours? Because that's what we as a culture we've been because of movies. We've been just bred, basically bred to right. like around that two hour mark. That's when your story should be wrapping up, right? Um, and I and I will make a, um, um, a comment that I, you know, I think there's there's a whole bunch of movies that if they can come in around ninety minutes to two hours. Man, that's just right. That's kind of the sweet spot. Yeah. And w- once you go over... You better have a damn good reason. Yeah. It yeah. better be Lawrence of Arabia or Schindler's List. Yeah, or, uh, you know, I mean, I, you could make the argument, I mean, uh, probably a whole new, you know, the current generation uh, that's growing up on these Marvel movies, they're going to have a totally different idea of what a movie is. Every single movie is at least two and a half hours long. Yeah, the, what's if funny... Not, if not three. Like, I mean... What's funny I, to me is we, I grew up thinking, like, three-hour movie, 
That's like what they did in the 50s. That's Ben-Hur. That's Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, they had an intermission. Right. They were long back then, but we've seen since I, I the last 20 years. I don't know. I, I can't fully back this up, but if you look at the average running time of like big budget, the biggest, highest grossing movies year to year to year, the runtime is trending up. Absolutely. Which, but, but why do you think that? I have a theory on that. Uh, I want to hear your theory, but now that you've asked me the question, I would just say because a lot of the highest grossing movies are part of franchises and they have a lot of story to tell because they have fan service to pay and like, oh, there's a legend. You know, we have to pay attention to this backstory. I'm not in favor of any of it. And I'm like, you know, there's all this, a lot of this conversation in the media right now around movies is like, you know, Marvel movies aren't real cinema and Martin Scorsese. Like, I love them. They're a blast. They are just as much a movie as an Abbott and Costello movie Absolutely. from the 1930s. Mm-hmm. But is an Abbott and Costello movie, like, it's just different. There's room for everybody. But I totally get what people are saying when they're saying, like, well, Mar- Marvel movies aren't cinema. I'm like, well, they're just no, they're they're a specific also, um, kind of cinema. Marty, like, yeah, sorry, the kids are on your lawn. You know, sorry. <laughs> You're oh, on- is that the, uh, what is it, uh, okay, Boomer? Yeah, yeah, okay, Boomer, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Which, by the way, nobody's ever said to me. <laughs> oh, I wonder why. <laughs> Fear? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> no, my theory is 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 the the expense of the films, the expense of a ticket, it, you've got to make plans and all that. And I think there's this, we've got to give. It costs more than it's ever cost to go to a movie. Yeah. Yes. Movies cost more than they've ever cost to make. Yep. It used to And be. if you're going to get people in butts in the seats, this is just my yeah. opinion. Uh, you got to give them a reason to get there. Yeah. And spectacle is going to be it. So big, yeah. long it you know uh, and it used to be the opposite if a movie was long you could only get so many showings per day so there was a push almost against so like a movie like Ben Hur or Lawrence of Arabia or whatever those long versions were the roadshow versions that only showed in the big markets and then when you saw Lawrence of Arabia you know 6 months after its release in Portland Oregon you saw a 30 minute shorter version yeah and that was purely because they're like, no, we want to run this four times a day. Yep. And if it's that length, it's the other length, we can't do it. But now, kind of to your point, Tyson, there isn't, we're not, the marketing isn't driven behind, we need to show it five times a day. Mm-hmm. It's driven, no, we just, people just have to go. We like, just have to get people here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, let's see. Oh, I, I, just a comment. You know, the maid seems to know him. Mm-hmm. In this minute, oh yeah, they think I, they've they think they've been found out. That's the first response you get when she says, "Excuse when she, me." When she walks up, she goes, "Excuse me," and they're like, "I mean, they're deer in headlights." That's kind of a harsh delivery from her. I think intentionally so. Like, I don't think a hotel maid would necessarily be. Well, so... Well, I think that's she's doing what the director asked her. What to the do. director yeah. told her to yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, she's got a great line in here. I'm this. You know, you're just talking about something else, but. Uh, uh, she says, changing, do you need me to change in your beddings? Yeah, I have that. Uh, changing she says, your beddings. She says, what does she mean bedding? And she's just, 
she's just changing your bed she's just slanging it yeah her character has this like charming southern charm inflection i'm not saying she has a southern accent but it's almost like her character i don't know if it's like uh they here's my theory she's in 1958 new york working in a hotel she's from a lower class and it's almost as though she's playing up her lower classness that's what to I this thought. muckety muck. That's probably not how she talks. She doesn't go home and tell her kids to, you know, I, I got to change the beddings yeah. and go on changing the linens. Yeah. That's just her, that's her, uh, made persona that she wears. Interesting. To, you know, it's kind of like, you know, gone with the wind. I just uh, thought she was actually, that could be too. Of a lower state because she's a maid in a hotel and right. uh, just I, talks I, that way. I had the hey, note. think about it. She's, if you are a maid and you're in New York and you had a job at the plaza. I mean, it's, it's the creme de la creme of maiden jobs. Yeah. A heck of a job. Yeah. 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 And you're going to, it kind of fits what you were saying. You're going to play you, you, everybody there is. You wouldn't dare to show your guests that your vocabulary might actually be bigger than it is. Or bigger than theirs. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. To my, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm trying to the say. Guests, yeah. Yes. They're going to lean into their low classness, even if they're doing a disservice to how smart they actually are. Yeah. Uh, to jump back a little bit, I love her listing his crimes as they're oh. walking down the hallway. <laughs> oh, the mother. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, just good. I mean, she lists like a dozen yeah, things. It's hilarious. Like, home breaking or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Home breaking. He's like, this is home breaking this is hotel breaking it's a totally a different thing she's like yeah five to ten years <laughs> yeah yeah she's she's got those aside and by the way this made one of the unsung unnamed character actors yep that i growing up saw a million times she looks very familiar to me so i'm excited to hear she does you. well i i don't have any i i literally don't have i didn't contacts. look i should have looked her up i didn't look but her up. I I just know I've seen her. I looked up I looked up the fake Mrs. Townsend, who I found out is a real Mrs. Townsend. Um, that which just blew my brains out. Yeah, that, um, that was good. loved that. Uh, I have a note on the filming. This is all covered in wides. There's no yeah. there's no coverage on any of this stuff. Hey, before you continue on, you are ready for me to break down the maid? Yeah, do it. The internet served me well. The actress is Maudie Pickett. Born Maudie Marie Doyle. She's been in a million things, most notably. She's the maid in North by Northwest. Uh, she was born in a small town you might know called Portland, Oregon. And she's famous for playing, portraying, for portraying maids, secretaries, busybodies, spinsters, and nosy neighbors. And uh, just a quick shot of her filmography. Holy cow. It's... A lot. Uh, I'm just going to quick scan through. What do I know here? Man. It's crazy when you look at these people's filmographies. Uh, I can't. They'll have they'll have eight to ten things a year for. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For 40, 40 years. She yes. must have been I mean, a contract player for. Yeah. Uh, she started in 1938. Her last credit is 1969. Uh, what absent-minded professor, the gnome mobile, kiss them for me. Um, 
Wyoming Renegades, Gun Fury, Montana, a lot of Those westerns. Those are all uh, 50s, uh, like, oh, yeah. like Joel McRae or, or Randolph Scott. Yep, Man uh, in Dark, films. Stars and Stripes Forever. And her, and her credits are like Grace, Thelma, Nurse, Bookstore Clerk, Indignant Townswoman, <laughs> Screaming Woman, <laughs> Mrs. Argyle. Anyway. Indignant yeah. Townswoman. That's my <laughs> favorite. It's, it's kind of cool that a, a lot of them, it's like... They were in North by Northwest. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, they all this stuff. Oh, everybody is excited they're in. And she had... The new Hitchcock picture. I mean. She had recurring roles in uh, The Adventures of Superman with George Reeves, The Donna Reed Show, and Hazel. Saw all those yeah. growing up. A whole bunch. Yeah. I watched The Donna Reed Show. I grew up on My Nick at Night. That was one of my faves. I was in love with Shelly Fabrice. <laughs> <laughs> That's Donna Richo. Donna Richo. Yeah. yeah. Shelly. I'll um, always watch uh, It's a Wonderful Life and Forever. Jimmy Stewart's wife is just, that's Donna Reed. She's never anybody. She's Donna Reed, not George. She's not Jimmy Stewart's wife to me. Yep. Good. Cool. Yeah. Okay. We don't want to go there. So, I think we broke that uh, minute. Uh, I think, wait, yeah. wait, wait. No, there's one more. Oh, okay. please. There is a, I think it's in this minute, tell, you guys tell me, about James Mason and the picture. No, that's next minute. Okay. Mm-hmm. Friday's minute is all about, he picks up the picture at the end of this minute, but we don't get to see the picture. Okay. So that's next minute. Okay. So, spoilers. We're going to be talking about James Mason. <laughs> I'm James Mason. <laughs> Uh, in minute 30, which is going to be tomorrow, uh, Friday's minute. And Jared, tell them all the stuff. The stuff is you can find the Hitchcock Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. But you probably know that because you're probably listening on one of those platforms right now. And you can find out more about us at thehitchcockminute.com. Social media is available at The Man on Washington's Nose on Facebook and on Twitter at The Hitchcock Minute. And you can join us right here again tomorrow at the Hitchcock Minute. And you can also hear more of Tyson and I at the Real Jaws Minute. But we will catch you here tomorrow. Bye. 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 Bye.